Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. We have a great show for you today. But before we do that, let's uh, introduce uh, who we have on the show today. Starting off, we have our returning classic, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. I'm looking at the brand new Toy Story 4 merchandise that just arrived at Walt Disney World. <laughs> because that makes sense. Well, you know, you had delays and stuff, and I don't know. I, mm-hmm. th- I mean, this was the same company that brought you, like, the figment, like, what was it? like? A f- it was like a figment Halloween shirt in February or something like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They ordered it in, like, October and it arrived in February or something. Yeah, it was real weird. <laughs> so weird, random and weird. Oh, yeah. How- so how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We got a minor infection. Yeah, you're you're breaking up a little bit there. Minor ear infection. Yeah, with uh, my girl. Got ya. Yuck. That sucks. Ah. <sighs> Alrighty. Well, we have a special guest on the podcast today. Uh, you know him from Diz Twitter in general, but also for putting up with Derek and Tim for so long. Uh, from the E-Ticket Report, uh, long, uh, excuse me, rest in peace E-Ticket Report is uh, Chris Wakefield. Chris, how are you doing, man? Uh, rest in peace indeed. And, uh, thanks for inviting me on. I'm really excited. You know, there are a lot of good, amazing podcasts out there and under the mask me, so here I am. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we invited all, yeah, I was invited by all the top podcasts. Oh, no, that do we know work. why the ticket report broke up? Like, what, did, did we ever let that story out? Uh, if you want to talk about it, we are more than welcome to hear about it. Um, I, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't Nick, think it was publicly stated, was it? Yeah, Nick and I have heard, but it, I don't think people have met. I don't think it's been publicly mentioned. <laughs> Tim was on the beach at the uh, Poly and sent a fax in. Uh, Beatles. <laughs> 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 no, well, and I kind of feel like we did our audience a bit of an injustice because we never had an official goodbye send off type of type of thing. But um, uh, we we always say in entertainment, um, you always want to leave them wanting more. That's the number one rule of entertainment. <laughs> and uh, we really were concerned about going out on top, and. Um, there's no bad feelings, no hard feelings. It was just time to do something else, do something new. Yeah. Obviously, Tim still has what's it called? Uh, Eisner called, Walt called, yeah. some, some so, goofy thing, something like uh, that. So he still has an outlet, and I'm thinking about reviving the Wakefield Report. And Derek still has a Saturday Six stuff. So no bad feelings. It's just it was time to move on, time to cleanse our palates a little bit. It's like your favorite band is broken up, but they're still like old CDs you can go listen to. Like, like the beat. Well, I guess we're not the Beatles. It's, you got to find a band with three people that broke up. Uh, the police. The police. <laughs> you can still go back and listen to Zenyatta Mandata and Ghost in the Machine. And like with us, you can still go back and listen to our older episodes. Those those haven't changed. So we're just trying to cleanse the palate. That's the first police reference ever on our podcast. You're welcome. I, I think it was. Unless we, unless we did some sort of food rocks joke at one point. That's the only thing I could think of. It's like we made a every bite you could every bite you take joke or something, but 
Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. Um, it's yeah, I, I'm not trying to blame you anything, any uh, you guys for anything, but you guys did end in the end of December 2019, and the world's gone to hell since then. So I think you're kind of <laughs> like the uh, you're kind of like Pandora's box has been opened by ending the podcast. So you know, just saying. <laughs> If that's how I go down in history, I'm totally fine with that. Yes. <laughs> You're going to take us all down with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, well, let's get in this episode. Um, this one's going to be a news-heavy episode on the Disney front because, man, Disney's just loving these 8 p.m. releases of information. 8.30 p.m. releases. Um, and recording this at like 8.17, so we may get more news <laughs> today. Who knows? Um, so... Let's start off. Uh, you want to start off with the? Uh, let's start off with the bad news first, or the relatively bad news. Um, last week, Disney announced that they are canceling the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and Glow H two O events. Uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party was like supposed to start in August or something like that, like August twenty first or something, and run through Halloween. And the Glow H2O events are the Typhoon Lagoon nighttime hard-ticketed events. Um, they were canceled. They kind of never – they didn't give really a great reason, um, but it's all kind of lumped into the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it, it. that was just kind of the start of the new cycle on that. Um Chris, what are your thoughts on them ending these events? Do you have any thoughts on like how why they did it? Do you think it's a COVID thing? Do you think it's a money thing? What are what are your thoughts? It's definitely not a money thing because they made so much money from these <laughs> parties. You wouldn't believe how much money they could make in one night. Not only from the admission, but from the popcorn buckets, from the specialty merchandise and the food and all that stuff, those stupid cupcakes. So it's not a money thing. It's definitely about COVID. It's about having enough time at the end of the day to clean those parks the way they promised the county they would, the way they promised their fans they would. And um, this is Disney's problem. This is what happens when you start parties in August for Halloween. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, if, this, if this were just like an October, mid to late October ticketed event, they probably would still have them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that it, it says nothing to what's going to happen now. Keep on your radar. Look at Mickey's very merry, very overrated, very overpriced Christmas party. Mm-hmm. That may be going away also this year. Yeah, that's that, that's another one that I was interested in. And you, and and as you brought up uh, the Merry Christmas party, I wonder what they're going to do for the uh, Christmas parade this year because they, usually they record that really early on in the season, like. Ooh. Like October, like something like that. Like, am I if I, am I crazy remembering that? Like, it is I'm, November. It's usually November second or third because that's when the first Christmas party is. Okay, it's yeah. The decorations go. It's the night, or the yeah, the night after the last Halloween party, the crews come out and put up the um, holiday decorations. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if they're gonna do like a best of Halloween parade. Like they show like the best of like their musical acts and parade floats and we get to see Kathy Lee in her shoulder pads next to like a Regis who looks like he's yeah. in his late thirties or something. I don't know. Um it'll be an interesting they could still, year. They could still record it, just don't have people there. Like kind of just have it like yeah, just roll down with no audience. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean they I guess they could do that, yeah. Um pretty, uh yeah, Chris. Uh Nick, what are you, what are your thoughts on them? 
uh, ending these two events? Uh, you know, I don't think it makes sense to run them right now, especially with the primary thing with the Halloween party being the parade and the fireworks and the meet and greets and the candy. That's four things right there that you really – they've already said they're not going to do three of them. And then having people handing out candy from person to person right now, I don't know if I would really want my daughter getting candy from somebody just handing it to me like that right now. So, you know, it makes sense, I think, to just – can it from that aspect and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Christmas party goes away too if these cases keep going up and if they're not going to do meet and greets and parades and fireworks I mean that's basically what the Christmas party is too so mm-hmm. I see no reason to not can it especially with the cleaning and the reservation thing and you know that the staggered openings that they're doing and staggered closings it would mess all that stuff up too for them so yeah, I, I think you bring up an interesting aspect of like, what what like what do they sell the parties on? Because um, like you know, yeah, they're opening the parks, but these parties, their primary like selling points are the parade, the meet and greets, the fireworks, the things that they're not doing. And for Glow H two O, their big thing is meet and greets and a dance party. So it's like you really can't do that unless you significantly alter the event. At which point you're selling event tickets for an event that, you know, is like a month away and it just doesn't work out in the end. It's, it's kind of weird um, that way. Um, yeah, so that was kind of Disney's first big drop of, 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 of news. Uh, Chris, do you have any other thoughts or is that, that kind of it for you? Yeah, I, again, um these things, if you know they make a lot of money, but how often Disney does them, like food and wine, and how they keep bumping that calendar out, which you know they just announced now, goes on until later on this or late this year, uh, mm-hmm. from July. So it's it's sad for the people who won't be able to make it already have those tickets. I hope Disney is refunding people promptly. It took me about two months to get my refund for my family tickets earlier this year from our canceled trip. So. Um, Again, watch this space when it comes to the holiday party. Very merry. Yeah. The um, talking about well, we'll get to food and wine in a second. But another thing that Disney's announcing that they're ending is that they're going to stop providing complimentary magic bands starting January. I think it was January two twenty twenty one to mm-hmm. all new uh, reservations at Walt Disney World. Uh, magic bands being the. Uh, Odd program, controversial program, the expensive program. I don't know what the superlative I would put on it. The the mangled project of um, uh, from the of Tom Staggs from the late two thousands to early twenty tens. Um, they're they're ending the, that distribution, but you can still use the terminals and you can still buy Magic Bands. Um, Nick, uh, you had an interesting. <laughs> Yeah, oh, of course Sorry. you can still buy. They're not going to but you can buy them. <laughs> of course you can buy them. Um, they're still going to offer limited edition ones. Yeah, uh, Nick, you can still use them. Yeah, Nick, you had some interesting thoughts on this in our group chat. Well, um, do you want to? I don't even remember what they were. What, what do you What do you think about Magic Bands? I like Magic Bands. Okay, I am why? pro Magic Band. Because as much as I go down there, if uh, all I got to do is just put on the magic band, I don't have to carry a wallet or keys or anything like that. Just have a magic band on me. I don't have to worry about anything else. 
Um, I'm very pro it because I get my photo pass on it. I get my entrance on it. My fast passes are on it. If I'm staying on site, it's my room key. Um, I have charging privileges. You know, it's just got everything on it for me. So I don't have a problem with them tracking me. I know some people do. um, And I get that. But I don't have a problem with it because we're being tracked with our cell phones. It's in the other pocket anyway. So who cares? Um, I'm very pro use of it. I like it. I use them. I've actually bought a few of them. Um, Not many. I've not paid the like $100 that some of them cost that they go for. But um, I like Magic Man's. I have no problem with them. But I've also used a card down there before, too, when I didn't have a Magic Man, and it works just as fine. So, you know, it just kind of depends on whatever way you go with that. I think having it all on your phone will be helpful, too. So, or on your Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. So I can go either way with it, but I like Magic Bands. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, what are your? What are I, I think you've talked about your Magic Bands before. But what are your thoughts on uh, the cancellation, and I guess also the ability to buy them still? <laughs> yeah, it's it's these will be the new vinylations, the new pins, the new collectible thing that Disney beats to death. Um, and that's totally fine. If people want to buy it, let them buy it. I, again, I kind of like the Magic Band because I can put my annual pass on it, my photo pass. I never, ever linked my um, credit card to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because I've never, ever stayed on property because I, I don't like throwing money down a garbage can. Um, <laughs> so that the whole touch point of getting into your room never mattered to me. But the convenience of someone who went as much as I did and do really helps um, when you're leaving your hotel room or your Airbnb room. Um, just picking up the band and going is really easy. And it's, it's the same functionality as our RFID annual pass card. So uh, the whole thing of when these first came out, when Disney was thinking of calling it X-Pass until they did a Google search on that, um, and people concerned <laughs> that Disney was going to follow you around. They're going to put these things on kits and follow them around. Oh, my God. No one that says – that, and, yeah. and they had the Senate. The Senate. Yeah, like, but you have this computer in your pocket that literally still follows you around. So, mm-hmm. um, fast passes came about five years too late, um, really, because iPhone and, and, and phone technology caught up with the Magic Band. Magic Bands came too late. Magic Band technology uh, was passed by iPhone technology and smartphone technology about two years into their inception. Mm-hmm. And it was just, why can't I do this with my phone? Now we're all going to restaurants. And when we go to a restaurant and we want to see the menu, we scan a QR code. So that's changed. So, And it's interesting to me, and I said this on Twitter the other day, because Bob Iger was on the board at Apple. Mm-hmm as Apple was really tricking out these iPhones, and he should have known better. He should have known, hey, guys, let's wait two years, and everything this band does, the iPhone will do, and we won't have to spend $2 billion in this technology. But I think um, some RFID manufacturer got in Disney's head and sold them, and really sold them on buying all these RFID tech, and they fell for it because there was the promise of this will increase – Spending per guest per day, which has happened a little bit, but that may be more of an effect of the economy and um, people just increasing spending overall in general mm-hmm. and not because of the magic band. Yeah. 
So one of the things also is like if Magic Bands were just an RFID chip in them, it'd be different. But it's also a like it's also a like low band radio with like a battery in it. Like it's 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 got some tech in there. It's not just like you know like your AP your annual pass holder card or you know yeah. an RFID card. It's got a little more tech in there. So it's that kind of raised the price on the band itself, along with them going for a custom deployment of this is what basically you know, ran up that price tag, you know, like to a billion or whatever the end price was. And let's not forget what all the band was going to do. When you met a princess, they would know where you were staying. When you were on Small World, they would know your name and that, you know, that whole gimmick. And that was going to be almost every ride you went on or every experience you had, that magic band was going to interact. And that never really came through. They also, you know, were talking about, um, deploy like if they found like if they saw magic bands like they're tracking them one of them was like you'd never lose your child again like that was something tom staggs promised in that uh, new york times piece and reportedly Iger's like this better work um another one and, and well it didn't and he's no longer there so surprise um you know the other one being you know like if there were Imagine a bunch of people went to Splash, uh, not Splash Mountain, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and they saw an increase in, you know, people in line, you, you know, tracking magic bands, they'd be able to, quote unquote, add more boats. <laughs> yeah. You, you, which sounds easier than done, but you get the idea. Which they didn't do. They just gave you a free um, uh, 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 Mickey's Full Heart Magic Fast Pass instead. Yeah. 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 Or they'd be like, have you tried the cupcakes at the bakery yet? You should go. It's it's and yeah yeah they would offer discounts, uh, just like a bunch of stuff that they build all this custom tech for that they just ended up never using, and mm-hmm. if they went with a standard I think RFID deployment that was already available at the time, um, they probably could have saved a lot of money and a lot of headaches. Because um, also remember you know there's the back end of my Disney experience with all the you know your your various accounts and linking up accounts and tickets and. It just seems like they wasted a lot of money trying to make something overly complicated when they did something really simple with it. But, yeah, that's kind of where Magic Bands are right now. And uh, this week, Apple was talking about, you know, their new iOS and the new watchOS. And, you know, rumor has it there may be some RFID stuff in there. So maybe, you know, you know, the Apple Watch or your iPhone or your Android phone can start replacing a magic band. And not and not just like a scanning a barcode, but actually, you know, doing more with with the contactless stuff. Yeah. Um also remember remember uh the the two other crazy things was like they wanted to be able to send more buses. Like you'd be able to pick a bus time and they would send a bus for you. Am I the only one who remembers that? I remember they said that they could deploy more buses when they yeah. needed them. There was people at a bus stop, but you know that. Yeah. Whatever. And yeah. also, but they're, they're, they're not doing that. They can charge how much for a minivan? They'll pay how much? Forget <laughs> <laughs> the buses. Remember, and, and I remember, like just earlier this year, I was remembering the um, the uh, the park to park transportation. Remember the the backstage ones when they were doing the um when they did the cabanas at Tomorrowland it was like a, a bus you could board like backstage of like whatever park and they would just take you like to the other park directly so like you could like board at like in Tomorrowland and get off in Future World or something crazy like that and it was like a surcharge of, like 20 bucks a person um 
The other one I remember was like when they were talking about my Disney experience was that before cell phones, they're like, you'd be able to pick all your counter service meals before you go on your vacation. And I'm like, who would ever do that? (laughs) Who would ever pick all their counter service meals before they go on vacation? Like, it's so mind bogglingly weird. They just never kind of got it. But Ah, that's Magic Bands, everyone. So, we're, we're going to talk about some crazy stuff. Uh, Nick, you attempted to get a park reservation this week, didn't you? I did. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> uh, I got up at, I think I got up at like 6.40, 6.35, which my dog woke me up before the alarm went off anyway. And um, I just went about my business, but I had my phone on my computer going and you know i was making my coffee and i was refreshed and you couldn't do anything and it would just sit there on that stupid castle page that sat on for like an hour and a half to two hours and um then it changed to space mountain screen and it sat there for like an hour and a half or two hours and i eventually got um well actually meg because I'm going down with Meg for mm-hmm. something that we were supposed to do for our birthdays that are close together. That. <laughs> Amelia. <laughs> yep, that's Amelia. Um, but Meg eventually got in and she reserved it for for me and Jennifer and Meg and her husband so that we can do what we – well, not really do what we were supposed to do because Savi's is not going to be open. And that's what we've been supposed to do for our birthday since April. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. that's, it was not fun. Mm-hmm. How's Amelia doing? She's good. She just came to tell me that the puppy had an accident. So. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. Go in there. <laughs> this is life, y'all. This is, this is life with a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. You're not there yet, Chris, right? <laughs> no, just one. So I have a whole different kind of chaos. <laughs> It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> no, but the reservation thing was terrible. And the rollout, they knew what they needed to have there, and they clearly didn't. And I'm not surprised that they didn't, but, you know, that's how it is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we had that. The They basically blew up the park reservation system. Some odd reason they just decided to do it for 18 months and just went with it, which is kind of wild. Um, that was odd. Uh, also, okay, I'm going through everything right now because there's even more news than what was on my show notes that I was trying to do. Um, so they did the, the reservation system. ADRs are now being opened for people with reservations. Um, have you made any yet, Nick? Or Nick's going to go clean up the dog. Which is my guess. <laughs> oh, great. Cool. Um, I'm here. Just oh, chaos. Just chaos? Okay. Did you make any dining reservations? You can't yet. You can't yet? I thought you could. No. I thought you could, too. But every time I go in there and I have my reservation day and I do everything, it says, there's no reservations available for this date at these at any of the restaurants. So, hmm. it's not working. I see. Interesting. Interesting. So I, now I haven't tried today. That was yesterday, and you know, yesterday was chaos. So, but like, I went in and 
um, it said that there was only six experiences and that you could make a reservation for or six things you can make a reservation for and they were full. And it was like the phantasmic dining package and you know stuff that they weren't offering anyway. Um, the Star Wars fireworks dessert party thing that they do and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what's going on with that, but because they just apparently published the list of the restaurants that are going to be open in the last day or so. So yes. I don't even know. That's a good so. segue, Nick. I just had that window open. So yeah, the I need to turn off my notifications. Everyone's lighting me up tonight with all this news. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's been some interesting uh, restaurant closures at Walt Disney World. Uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like really kind of random locations like popcorn carts and stuff. On the other hand, um, the following locations are going to be closed in, at the various parks. The Magic Kingdom, uh, Casey's Corner, Cinderella's Royal Table, the Harbor House, Crystal Palace are going to be closed. Um, that kind of seems pretty... Uh, pretty intense epcot most of the sit-down restaurants in the countries are closed uh ashker house in norway uh chefs de france along with um chefs de france the other one um in france i forget uh no that's in canada uh same thing yeah yeah the uh two french restaurants are closed um the cellier is open um, all the sit-down restaurants in Japan are closed, which uh, is kind of crazy. Um, also, Tudo Gusto is closed in Italy and Restaurant Marrakesh. What? Say it again. Is Garden Grill closed? Uh, Garden Grill is open. Okay. So you're good. At Hollywood. No, I was wondering, I was wondering about character dining because I noticed like what you said for Magic Kingdom was a, a lot of character dining wasn't going to be happening. So mm-hmm. I was it going to offer those restaurants or not? So I think is the character dining is good as long as it's not a um, buffet of some sort. Um, for example, at Hollywood Studios, Hollywood and Di- Hollywood and Vine is closed, and that's their buffet location. Um, they also, oddly enough, closing Woody's Lunchbox of all the things. Um, guess they thought they couldn't do social distancing there or something. I'm not really sure. Um, Animal Kingdom has been pretty much wasn't hit too badly. Uh, Pizza Fari's closed along with Tusker House and the Harambe Market, and just a bunch of other smaller locations. Um, yeah, so those are the restaurants that are closed um, because the restaurants that are open list are much larger. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy to see what they're trying to. Uh, angle to get back open. Um, a lot of the locations also that I'm hearing that are reopening are having smaller menus. Um, if you've seen any of those, Nick, or Chris. I have not done a deep dive into the menus yet. Yeah, it seems like they've been cutting back on a lot of menu options also. Um, Chris, any thoughts on what's been closed or menu options or things of that nature? Yeah, part of that may be due to disruptions in the food chain still, in the food supply, rather. Um, a lot of most restaurants are saying that most restaurants are scaling back their um, menu options. Mostly, the price of beef has just skyrocketed. It still has this through the roof right now. So, um, here's the deal, okay? <laughs> Disney does not want you there. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> if you look at every move they have made in the last month, including 
um, the debacle with the website and cutting down attractions and cutting down what's open and yada yada and making things difficult and you gotta be a pass holder and you gotta be this and all the barriers, all the hurdles they put up, they are signaling to people, we don't want you here. Ideally, Disney would go to about 20,000 locals in Orlando and say, come to the park for a week, go home and get tested mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. a control, ideally. And you still actually may see that the week leading up to – I'm already hearing talks of um, some quote-unquote soft openings of Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom actually um, leading up to the official July 11th opening date. Yeah. So – but Disney doesn't want you there, so they're making it really difficult. They're making, they're saying you can't here and you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You can't just go on test track and go home. You know <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what they're saying right now. So um, there's no way I would have a member of my family pay full tilt for a ticket. Could you imagine paying 150 bucks for a day pass to Epcot? It's it's what you, ridiculous. What are you gonna do? What are yeah. you gonna, there's no character meet and greets, no parades, no fireworks, no nothing. I mean, they barely left spaceship op- the spaceship Earth open. They had to. So, and then you you also run into situations like we're in. Like me and Jennifer, we have annual passes, but Amelia's turned three since the parks have closed, and oh. now we can't buy her an annual pass because they're not selling tickets. You better lie on her birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. You know what I mean. Yeah. With that. So you you do have people in that situation. You might have a you know a husband who has a ticket and a wife who no longer has a ticket because they're no longer employed by that company anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So and that's kind of uh, the thing with uh, my husband and I is that I had uh, passes for five of our family members. We were all going to go down in March. Couldn't go. Got a refund. I still have my AP, and I told him, hey. When these things open back up in July or August, I'm going to have to go. I'm an AP. I get paid to talk about this, um, and you can't go with me because essentially since you have no reservation, you can't go. And it wouldn't be worth it to go anyways. But since I'm an AP, I've got to get my value somehow out of this damn annual pass. Mm-hmm. So I'll be going alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what we're doing. We had a reservation already done that we had planned. I already had one in June, actually, and they finally called me and canceled it like three days before I was supposed to get there because I couldn't cancel it myself. But um, then this one, we are we had this one already. This was our backup date that we had booked. And um, so, I mean, we're going because we already had that stuff. And fortunately, my parents can keep Amelia for a couple of days for us and, you know, I wouldn't take her right now anyway down there. We did take her to Universal, but I don't think I'd take her to Disney right now just because of the chaos that I'm afraid Disney's going to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like Disney's just like – there's a certain level of person who goes there that I feel like they're just waiting to count down to go that just don't go – they just don't go to Universal. So it's just kind of like, ooh, oh boy. Well, you look at the World of Disney store when the first day it opened, and it was a six-hour line for World of Disney. Yeah, well, all those eBay eBay resellers had to stock up again after being out for so long. <laughs> and see, the, also the thing with like Universal was, I didn't make the decision to take Amelia down to Universal until I had seen what they were doing. You don't get that option with Disney because if you don't go ahead and do it and make your reservation now, you're not going to get to see what they're doing before you make your plan to go, really. If you, like, like for me, I have to go before I start back to work in August because, 
you know, right now I'm supposed to be back in the classroom teaching in August. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but right now I'm supposed to be. So, you know, we kind of have to plan around that stuff too. So Mm -hmm. Universal's kind of made it where you can kind of show up and go and leave and, you know, do it rather, rather easily. Disney is making it not so easy. Oh, you can park hop at Universal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think you bring up a good point. You can actually like see what's going on at Universal and then be like, okay, well we can go. And But Disney, you have to plan everything beforehand and like, yeah, you're booking right now, but if things go, you know, if things go bad, you know, you're not gonna, you're probably just be like, eh, I don't need to go. I'll just let my reservation expire or whatever. Yep. I mean, that's kind of where we are. You know, right now we're planning on going, but, you know, if I see once they open it, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to go, you know. Well, I don't know. I probably will just because I'm crazy. But, you know, um, you know what I mean, though. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're having to weigh a lot right now, and I don't know. Yeah. No, I get you. So I guess we'll end off the news with the news we're all been waiting to ta- discuss. It is 2020 is the year of food and wine. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I don't know what to say, but yo, I heard you like festivals uh, because, <laughs> oh man, a taste of Epcot food and wine festival. Um, there will be featuring 20, flower and garden. Featuring flower and garden. Uh, 20 global marketplaces for guests to experience will run from July 15th to the into the fall, I think, is all they spe- specified. So July to November, food and wine. Uh, there's going to be no Eat to the Beat series this year. Sounds like a lot of the other small things um, are going to be closed. Uh, don't worry, they kept the topiaries from Flower and Garden, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of wild. <laughs> They're going to be they're going to be selling the the flower and garden merch too, which is just 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 a piece of resistance on that. Um, Wakefield, Chris, what's your thoughts on this, dude? Food and wine and flower and garden and more. Yeah. Um, now they've canceled each of the beats, so no Hanson, no Boys to Men, none of that. But um, look, I, I I again, I'm cheap, so when you tell me that. Um, I gotta pay a lot of money to go into Epcot, and then you send me over to the world's largest food court and tell me I gotta pay more money for little bite-sized bits of food. Um, my antenna go up a little bit already, but I actually like food and wine. I actually drop probably, and it, for those of you who know me, hold on to your seats. I probably drop about fifty bucks on food and wine when I'm there. That's a lot of money for me. Okay, so um, I, enjoy it because again, you're in Epcot. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> Go ride Soren, go ride Test Track, and go eat some of those. Uh, what's at the Hawaiian thing? I love them at the Hawaiian uh, booth. I don't know. I I, I, didn't, I haven't been to the Hawaiian one in a while. I'll think of it, or I'll eat some Spanakopita in Greece. Yeah, but you can't park hop now, so what else you got to do? Yeah, exactly. that's that's the thing. That's the thing. So this is actually a good thing that you and I. I think they're going to be adding a lot more booths actually, because um, typically food and wine gets so crowded; those lines get pretty long at some of the more um, pork sliders, some of the more popular um, uh, booths. So I think you're going to see more options this year for food and wine and flower and garden. Hmm. 
Okay. Alrighty, Nick. Any thoughts on food and wine? Yeah, uh, it's fine. I'm just waiting for him to make it food and food, flower and wine and garden holiday festival in November, Fe- featuring Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> I just want them to wrap all everything together so it's just standard and people stop going because it's just there all the time. It's just like it just be, it just becomes Epcot. They just, they're just always there. Food and Wine Festival featuring Epcot theme park. Yeah. <laughs> Food and Wine in Epcot. That's what it is. Food and, and wine that just speaks to how bad things got at Epcot. These things were small festivals in the shoulder seasons designed to keep audiences there. And now they're almost year-round because that park has been so neglected over the last 15 years. Um, it really is a part of the park. I know people who don't go to Epcot unless it is during Food and Wine because that's part of their Epcot experience. Yeah, or it is the Epcot experience. Like that's all there is. You pay or you don't you just go there for annual pass and you just, you know, ride the ride your one soren ride a year and you go and just do food and wine. It's the world's largest food court. Yep. I mean, that's seriously has been my tourm patterns at Epcot. It's the day I'm leaving, I go by there and I pick up whatever magnet they're offering for annual pass holders. I ride Frozen with Amelia and she likes to ride imagination, and then we meet Mickey Mouse and walk out. That's literally been my touring pattern for the last year and a half of Epcot. Jeez. I'm sorry about the imagination stuff. <laughs> she likes figment, and I'm okay with her liking figment. She's, I kind of brought that upon myself. What happens if she doesn't like figment and she actually likes Eric Idle? I don't think that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, waiting for them to actually close it one day and her be sad about it. And then I'm going to be like, oh. <laughs> I guess it's How time to be a real Epcot fan. <laughs> she's she's going to be on a forum in like 20 years talking about this version of imagination and how great it was. <laughs> she's going to be talking. She's going to be like us. Oh, this is sad. I'm so sad. It's, it's, it's she's going to be exactly like us talking about the original imagination now. Oh, man. <laughs> That's just gonna have a hollow blog or whatever at that point. <laughs> hollow blog. Oh man. So that's it for the news today, uh, or at least the news that we're comfortable to re- to report because sometimes things just happen when you're in the middle of it, and we don't want to talk about it quite yet. So let's get on uh, to the second half of our show. Uh, Chris, you made a little impromptu Florida trip recently. Uh, do you kind of want to talk about how that went and some of your impressions on how the parks are going and, and things of that nature? Yeah, it was really spur of the moment. Um, my family usually takes between four and five vacations a year. Um, not always at Disney. We like to go to baseball parks and, and other, other stuff in Las Vegas. And um, We had a trip planned to Orlando in March. It was going to be great. I was going to ride Rise of the Resistance, guys. I spent two months like practicing getting a boarding pass every morning. I'm not kidding. <laughs> every morning at my office, I would open my phone and practice the boarding and scrub. Remember, you would double tap and scrub everything and then hard close and open it back up. Oh, dude, I was ready. I was ready for that Rise boarding pass. Um, so it didn't happen, and we'd been home since October. That's a long time for my family, especially when you're locked inside with a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. So um, we started looking at where can we go. And Universal announced they were opening. I said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go to um, Orlando for a couple of days. And we spent some more days afterwards um, in southern Florida at the beach. So 
Uh, we drove down uh, from Indiana, and uh, I booked us at Cabana Bay. I'm not Cabana Bay. I'm sorry. Uh, in the summer. Sorry. In the summer. And uh, it was my first time staying on site at Universal. So I was really mm-hmm. excited for that experience. Got a great deal. It was like 85 bucks for the room. 85 to 90 bucks for the room. Big, spacious room. Um, and we get there, and I'm really nervous about the temperature check. And I'm not a hypochondriac, but something is telling me my temp is going to spike to 150 as soon as they point that gun to my head. <laughs> You're just going to get sweats so, from that. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. Do I, what do I, I sit in the car with the air conditioner on? What do I do? If I get round head and make my own self sick. And, you know, you, you start to worry about this stuff. Cause it's literally Derek's cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, you know, what do you do if you have a tip? Do you get your money back? Do they send you home? I mean, what happens? So, um, actually, our first night there, we went to downtown Disney uh, to stand in that six-hour line. <laughs> Not really. We went, to, we went to eat an early sandwich, which I have to do every time I'm there. And my daughter got some new Moana stuff because she loves Moana. Um, but Universal from the start, as soon as we get into Surfside, I think it was Surfside where we stayed, they are fanatic about physical distancing and cleaning. And it was everywhere in that hotel. This guy got on the elevator with me who's not my husband, and security guard came out of the was like, no, 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 one party to an elevator. One party to an elevator. You gotta get out. You gotta get out. You would have thought this guy was about to rob me or something. <laughs> I was acting. Wow. Fanatic. Oddly enough, the pool was open, but I guess chlorine kills COVID. Um, so, go figure. Yeah, we would go figure. We went to the pool. My daughter uh, loves being in the water again. She's a little Moana herself, so she loves being in the water. Uh, but even at the pool, your beach chairs, your your loungers are spaced out. Mm-hmm. Even at the pool, I could not sit at the bar with my drink. I take my drink over to my chair. Mm-hmm. So Universal, the next day we go to the park and we take the bus over. A great – it was like a six, seven-minute bus ride, way less than what you would experience at Disney. Um, we And the whole reason I stayed on site – was because I wanted to get on Hagrid's, okay? Mm-hmm. So I wanted that one hour early entry. I didn't know it wasn't going to be IOA. That's fine. I'll get in line at 9 and queue up with the Hogwarts Express. I can be over there first thing at 9 o'clock, right? <laughs> I get in line at Hogwarts, 9 o'clock. We have our one hour. We go to Diagon Alley and do that stuff. And then I get my virtual queue pass. You go online and the app. You can be anywhere in the resort and get your virtual line pass for Hagrid's. Awesome. You're online for Hagrid's at 9.10, 9.15, whatever it was. You're on the train. You're at the stupid train over. I'm going up to Hagrid's. It is closed. It is down. It is broken. F you. You know? I don't know if I can curse on this show. Yeah, um, no, you can. <laughs> fuck you. It's closed. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, my God, the only reason I stayed on the site was to get on this damn ride. Okay? I paid the price of a ticket for a hotel room, essentially, so I can get on this damn ride. It's closed. Okay, we'll go do other stuff. And I've got a one-year-old at Universal. Guess how many things there are for a one-year-old to do today at Universal? Two? If I remember Maybe right. that many. Three. If even that many, okay? The only reason I had a damn kid in the first place is so I can write tear down flyers. But she's still too short for that. Good <laughs> mm-hmm. finger ticket. She, she was free to get in. 
So we go mellow around. We do some Jurassic Park stuff. My daughter loves dinosaurs. She loves Jurassic Park. She loves the, the Jurassic World Evolution. She loves dinosaurs. So we went to go meet Blue. Um, the last time we met Blue was in Universal Hollywood last October for our trip. And so we went to see her again. It was a great experience, yada, yada. The whole time I'm wondering, when does Hagrid's open? Like, how do we know when it opens? So we each time we go do a ride and then we walk back to um, Wizarding World. Right? We go to a ride, we go to Wizarding World. We go to a ride, we go to Wizarding World. Because there's no way to know if the ride's open or not. Now, the app tells you to get a virtual line spot. But I'm standing there, and I know it's closed. So it doesn't make any sense. And I start asking people, will my 915 virtual queue spot be honored? And half of them say yes, team members. And half of them say, no, you lost out. So you can imagine what's going through my head right now. Yeah. I'm getting pretty hot. Because I just want to ride this freaking ride. That's the only reason I went to this resort. And um, finally, we get, I forget how we heard. I think I was, I was doing something, and my husband came running up to me saying, it's open, it's open, it's open. So we go run to Hagrid's, and we get in line, and the line is moving, and it's great. And we are in the outdoor walkway finally, heading up into the building, and it starts to rain. <laughs> and not like a Florida thunderstorm, hurricane, tropical storm, it's lightly drizzling. Like, I have a pretty big hairstyle because I haven't got my hair cut. I couldn't even feel the rain on my head. It's a light drizzle. Yeah. Right as slows for upwards of an hour and a half. The entire time, I've got a one-year-old who's inside and impatient and one, a toddler, mm-hmm. and I've got a husband who needs to go to the bathroom every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> But we're in line. We're stuck. And so we had just gotten to the inside part of the Hagrid's queue, and we're in line. We made it. We are in line. So when they open this bitch, we're going to go ride whenever they open it. So after an hour or so, we bail. Like, we got. I can't do this. My kid is too stressed out. My husband has to go pee. We got to go. So we start walking out, and I ask a human, uh, team member. I said, hey, um, we've got to leave. It's been an hour. The line's not moving. Um can we will our virtual line be honored again and she said it was already scanned and then no you lose your spot mm-hmm. the whole reason I am here is to ride this ride I had gotten this close so we actually get back in the <laughs> we reverse course in the queue we swim upstream and get back in line the back of the line now so Finally, after another half an hour, the line begins to move. Finally, we get on the ride. The child swap rooms are closed because of COVID. Let me tell you the one, one of the awesome things about Universal is their child swap. It is amazing. The fact that my husband and I can both go through the queue together with our kid and then put her in the room with someone and then go on the ride and switch out. The way Disney does it is that one person goes through the entire queue standby or fast pass if you have a fast pass, you wait outside, and then when they are finished, you go back through the fast pass queue. That can take a long time, mm-hmm. right? Even fast pass take them 45 minutes sometimes, or standby. If they send you through the right line, sometimes at Disney they'll send you through standby again, and you have no choice, so you gotta wait double, because you have a kid. Um, but their, fa- their child swap was outside, I went first, I was absolutely blown away. 
Sorry, I'm closing a window. I was blown away by hackers. And I had seen every video. I had read every trip report, every blog, every one of those fat neckbeard bloggers watched their YouTube videos, all of it. Mm-hmm. I was not ready for how amazing and awesome this right. I didn't even know about the unicorn at the end. I was too busy. I was still orgasming. I didn't keep <laughs> okay. Yeah. Y'all want to hate on this oh, on this unicorn at the end. I was still. I had blurry vision still from this damn ride. So I didn't care about a unicorn like a party city prop. This ride is amazing. This ride, and I sat in the driver's seat because I knew better. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so it made that wait worth it. The rest of our date Universal was pretty standard with a one-year-old. We didn't ride that much. We walked around a lot. It was hot. The mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is – like I may not do Disney World next month because of the mask. Like this, it sucks. And I, yeah. my husband wears glasses and I wear glasses and your glasses fog up and it's hot. And just – oh, I, I get it. I understand why. And we all need to be wearing masks. This was torture. And it wasn't even that hot. It was like 85 degrees. What mask were you using? Uh, just your standard, not the medical grade, but like the homemade black fabric mask. Okay. I bought the universal mask. It was so much better. Oh, really? Yeah, like I had the – so I have some of the cotton ones, and I have a net gator. I have multiple net gators. I normally wear the net gators around like here, <laughs> but um, I bought – because they had the old school Universal Studios Florida logo I saw mask. And I, well, I'm a sucker for stuff like that, so I bought it. And um, <laughs> it's it, it was – the best purchase I made, I ended up buying the other, um, the only other one that they had was the white one with the Universal Studios globe on it. So I bought those two. I bought that one too. And it was so much better than having the cotton mask on that I brought and having the, um, or the net gator on. So if you're going to Universal, I highly recommend, I mean, they're like six or eight dollars or something like that for a mask. Just their mask are the best mask I've put on. So. There's that. That's my shield for the universe. I, I should have got one because I was sweat. I was sweating. I was sweating in places. I didn't even know I had places. Okay, it was hot, and I live in a hundred ten year old house without air conditioning. I know hot. This was hot. So, um, but it was it was very safe. Just like just like the hotel, physical distancing. If you took your mask off, you better believe someone was going to pop up out of nowhere to put your mask back on. Okay, I was afraid to take off in the bathroom. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to get yelled at. So I felt safer at Universal than I did at Publix. Mm-hmm. I came into closer contact with people at a Publix than I did a theme park, and that's how fanatic they were. Because we got the souvenir cup, and I probably drank two gallons of high C orange that day from the Coke freestyle machines. And every time someone came out of nowhere to clean the machine after I used it, or after my husband used it. Mm-hmm. They were. I have never seen a theme park so clean, and I come from Indiana, where we have the world's cleanest theme park in Holiday World. This park was immaculate, mm-hmm. immaculate. Again, lower capacity helps that. Um, that helps with that cleanliness. But I felt safe. I, I again, my family is low risk. My husband and I are in, my, in, in our early 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we do get it, we wouldn't get that sick. We had to make an assessment. Like I said on Twitter, you have to make an assessment for yourself. And just because I went or you went doesn't mean that you, random person on Twitter, has to go. You're not going to miss out. Those parks will still be there. They'll still be there. And we only stayed for one day because, again, it's a bit of a high-risk activity. 
Mm-hmm. So we went to um, South Florida, the rest, and went to go see alligators and stuff like that. But but um, it was a great experience. It, it, it reminded me of Universal before Harry Potter. I have a photo of my now ex-fiance um, at Jaws. And I am standing at the beginning of Amity, and he's at the end of Amity by the ride. And there's no one in the It was like noon. <laughs> it was like noon on a weekend, and there was no one there. The old Universal, you could shoot a cannon and not hit anybody. And that's kind of what this felt like. It was just empty enough. It wasn't weird or creepy. It was just like that, wow, I can walk onto Mummy. I can do this. That was one problem, though, is that I actually tried to get on Mummy. It was, it was a walk-on. Hey, can I get on this ride? No, you have to go on your phone and get in the queue. Well, my phone is almost dead. I can't get in the queue because I'm at 1% battery. And if I do that, it's going to kill my phone. I can tell you now, this ride is a walk-on. They would not let me on without that stupid freaking virtual queue barcode. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit frustrating. Okay. So, Amy and Circus Mercus, yeah. which yeah, blah, yeah. Yeah, Circus Mercus isn't good. <laughs> I have a one-year-old, so what are you going to do? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Nick, were you going to say something? No, I mean, what day of the week did you go, Chris? Just out of curious. It, it was a Monday, so I knew – I had seen – I think it, Universal had been open for – I think it was the third official day of non-AP um, pass holders coming in. So I knew I didn't want to be there that first weekend. I knew the, it was mostly locals of the park. And I knew for a Monday it'd be very empty. Yeah. See, we went on a Saturday because we were already going to Clearwater for a week. And I was, and I told my wife, I was like, you know, let's just go. We'll get a, cause hotel rooms were fairly cheap with the AP rate. And I was like, we'll just go down for a couple of days early because Amelia's been bugging us about wanting to go ride rides. And she says, my my dad, she was over at my mom and dad's house one day, and he said that she's playing Disneyland. She's made her own Disneyland for her stuffed animals to go ride rides. So we were like, okay, we'll just we'll take her to go ride rides. Um, but we told her that she had to wear a mask, and you know, she she wore her mask like a champ um, the whole time we were there. So um, it was busier than. Right. I think it had been, but you know, it was, it was a good experience to me too. Like you could see people just cleaning handrails and the hand sanitizer before you got on any ride. And, you know, there was just a lot of things going on that were really make you feel confident about being there. My kid won't even wear shoes. (laughs) Pants. I mean, we told her, we said, if we go for you to ride rides, you have got to wear a mask. It's required. You know, you have to wear one. And she said, I will wear the mask. And we went down and on a Friday and I said, well, let's just take her in Friday night, see how she does. Cause that'll dictate what we do Saturday. And she put that mask on like a champ through city walk. Well, when we went and ate at Vivo and walked into USF and rode ET and she did everything like she was supposed to. So I mean, she would ask when we'd get back to like the hotel, she'd be like, can I take off my mask now? And like, not yet. We got to get up to the room. That was neat. Get- <laughs> <laughs> so she was, I mean, she was great. Like I cannot ask for a better experience with her as far as that goes. Um, but, and most people were wearing a mask. I mean, occasionally you'd see somebody like pull it down to drink or something like that. But, you know, it was, I, I like like you said. I feel safer going there than I did 
at um, the local grocery store or even the week that we spent at Clearwater at the beach um, at the Marriott that we were at. I felt safer at Universal than at the Sheraton in Clearwater. And I'm surprised most people kept their masks on. Uh, I was very surprised by that because we know how people can be. Um, 95% of the people were keeping it on, even on rides. I'm like, wow, this is a you know Jurassic Park. Can I take it off? No, I think actually you can take it off on Jurassic Park. I said, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was it was shocking how many people adhere to keeping their mask on. Man, I had one wackadoo. Um, I was waiting in child swap at, at Hagrid's. Um, uh, my daughter is this cute little one-year-old uh, dirty blonde girl, and she waves to everyone, and she's a typical – she's got the, the gap teeth in the front and stuff like that. And so she's very personable. And she's raving to this one guy who was waiting in child swap, and he comes up and goes, oh, hi, little girl. You're not wearing a mask. I don't want to wear a mask. It was this weird wackadoo guy who was like pontificating to my daughter about why wearing masks were jokes and, and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> I am I'm, I'm very um, outwardly defensive with my daughter. I don't let anyone get near my kid, anyone getting near my kid. And it took a lot of self-control for me to not knock this guy's lights out in the middle of Universal Orlando. He was... Mm. Who felt the need to get in my kid's face and talk about – she's like, she's one, dude. She wants to know where the dinosaurs are. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't know who the president is. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anything else from your uh, trip to Universal uh, and Florida in general, Chris? Um, no, it was great. Uh, again, Universal did an amazing job. They went above and beyond. Um, I, I don't like the virtual queue for the fact that I have to have a full charge battery, and I just don't keep my phone like that. I'm not paying for the rip off fuel rods either. So um, Florida is a different planet, man. Florida is a whole different – again, like you, we went down to Siesta Key. We went down to Siesta Beach, and it was like COVID never happened in some places, you know? It was just like, whoa. The, the, the beach in particular, people were crowding around and um, in each other's spaces, and I think we can expect that with Florida. But overall, uh, we're at the tail end of our two-week um, two week post trip here, so I don't think we got sick. Knock on wood, um, but I would definitely go back to Universal again if I could um, to experience that again. Something very special. If you are not, if you're a first time visitor to Universal, don't go yet. Okay. It's, it's it's like I said, it's muted. There are no there there are never any fireworks. There's no parades. There's no meet and greets. <laughs> it's it's too different. Yeah. And, um, and like I told Tim Grassy in bed his first time, your first time should be special, and I'm going to make it special. Mm-hmm. And right now at Universal, it just can't be special. So wait until it's back to normal. Mm-hmm. I love you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, is there anything, uh, Chris, I'll just giving you one last time, is there anything you want to talk about from the news or uh, anything from your trip? or You're all, you're all good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still surprised to see these um, – I don't know if I call them racist. I guess I can call them racist. You can call them racist, yes. Um, on on Diz Twitter, you know, with – and I'm going to say it, the theme park review guy, I forget his name, um, with he calling that the, the right in Mexico what he did. It's – guys, theme parks are not this serious. And here's what I tell people when they say, you know, don't be so sensitive. Don't be offended. If – if, if, Nick, you told me that, like, hey, when you say this word, it hurts my feelings deeply and it makes me feel like less of a human, please don't say that. I'm not going to say, First Amendment, 
libtard. I can say what I want to say. It's my website. I'm just going to say, dude, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to. That wasn't my intention. I apologize, and I'll, I won't do it again. I promise, you know? And instead of doubling down, why not just have some compassion and go, oh, my God, I made a huge mistake. That wasn't right. I'm sorry. Exactly. And I'll, I'll give him credit. Tim Tracker with that racist – uh, we're ghetto for a day video. And I wrote Tim a very long letter and told Tim how it made me feel as a person of color. Hey, you know, uh, I didn't like that because how it made me feel. I'm scared to raise my daughter in a world with people like you running around. It terrifies me what kind of world she's going to inherit. And Tim wrote me back a very long reply. I won't read it to the public, but a very long reply apologizing. And I respect him now for him saying what he said. You don't have to double down. This life is not a competition, and this country would be so much better all around if we all had more empathy for each other. If we all weren't so fucking defensive and so I could do what I want to do, we're just empathetic. Like if we had empathy, kids these days and adults these days, if we just had a little bit of empathy for each other, we'd be we'd be on fucking Mars right now, and like we'd have that Tesla underground tube thing. We'd have so much technology and shit <laughs> we could love. If we just had more empathy for each other, mm-hmm. I'm off my soap. My, my soapbox. Sorry. No, I, I think that's a, a great message to end on is empathy and understanding, um, and just especially with everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't say it better myself, and I'm happy that you're on here. Um, you know, a, able to offer that voice. So. Thank you very much. Uh, I re- really appreciate you being on. Uh, it's great to have uh, new guests on. And it's just, you know, it's been crazy, man. Just <laughs> just happy to talk about parks again, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yes. So, uh, let's wrap up things tonight. we got a nice little round hour going here. So, Nick, uh, where can we find you online at? Um, I'm on Twitter. I recently changed my handle to Delma underscore 84, which is D-E-L-M-A underscore 84. That's my first name. Mm-hmm. Um, just for some some reasons that me and Joe have talked about. But um, <laughs> yeah. um, but that's where you can find me at for now. It's probably will swap back eventually, but for now, that's where you can find me at. Yep. Uh, Chris, where can people find your work and uh, you online at? Yeah, you can find me everywhere. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Grinder, World Star Hip Hop, uh, Tinder, at Wakefield Report. Um, and like I said, I'm thinking about putting the show back up, Wakefield Report, getting it back on. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. but uh, there's, a, there's a severe lack of voices of color in our community, and I think it's showing now. So if I can contribute just a little bit, then I will. Mm-hmm. At Wakefield Report. That's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait. I I remember uh, you started rebooting it a little while ago and uh, then E-Ticket came back. So I'm excited to, excited to hear um, the uh, Wakefield report come back. Um, so I'm I'll, waiting with uh, eager breath to hear it. E- eager ears? Eager breath? I, I don't know. I don't know where that would go. Whatever. Um, again, again <laughs> thank always, you. We, we love Chris's hot takes. So, you know, any way we can hear them are great. Yes. And, and all the uh, 90s alternative rock that you could ever want. <laughs> Listen, um, I am firing up the vertical horizon right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find all of us at Parkscope on Twitter or Parkscope.net. You can find me at Parkscope Joe on Twitter. Uh, make sure you give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or not. I don't know. It's I don't think anyone looks at the reviews. I really don't want to because I'm afraid. Uh, but... <laughs> 
yeah, just make sure you tell your friends. And because uh, I've seen a lot of people be like, hey, what's a good podcast right now? Really appreciate it when people are like, hey, you know, th- these uh, several podcasts are pretty good. Check them out. And we're one of them. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah. And so, uh, again, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, trans rights or human rights. And Nick, do you want to lead us out with our other slogan? Love everybody. Hate everything. I'm going to add listen to each other. Congaloosh. <laughs> Congaloosh, everyone. And have a uh, great week. <laughs>